Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year And to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. I'm Amara Jones. Every day, the attacks on trans kids grow louder. And more anti-trans bills keep moving through state legislatures. In this season of the Anti-Trans Hate Machine, we're going to illuminate how the right wing has fueled these bills by generating a breathtaking and wide-ranging disinformation campaign. It's spreading like wildfire on the internet. It's then being discussed by families and churches. None of this is an accident. It's a strategy to delegitimize trans people and create a world where our existence is a question. Subscribe to season two of the Anti-Trans Hate Machine, a plot against equality, wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Hey listeners, I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They're a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week, they host different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like O'Teal Burbridge, Trouble No More, former members of the band, Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, Bill Frizzell, Sean Colvin, and many more. This June, join the Fab Foe, 
Joan Osborne, John Sebastian, Marshall Crenshaw, and a great group of faculty for the debut of Magical Mystery Camp. This all-inclusive, once-in-a-lifetime music vacation experience in the heart of the Catskills will be packed with nightly performances, workshops, speakers, song circles, open mics, and a lot more. If you're a performing musician at any level, bring your instrument. If you're a music lover, bring your good spirit. It's an amazing experience for individuals, friends, and couples alike. Registration is open, spots are filling up, so check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out magicalmysterycamp.com slash helpingfriendly to learn more. I went to a garden party to reminisce with my old friends. Chance to share old memories and play our songs again. When I got to the garden party, they all knew my name. No one recognized me. I didn't look the same. Hey everyone, uh, this is the Helping Friendly Podcast, episode 24, our first episode of 2014. We're excited to be joined by Kevin, who um, tweets from at OKDeadhead. Um, he's a an awesome member of the fish community and we're really excited that he agreed to come and join us um we're going to do something a little different we're not going to do a full set or a full show we're actually going to talk about um what we feel are are a few of the the key moments of the the past msg run so we're going to go through a bunch of stuff and kevin was at all four shows so he's gonna talk us through some i went to one so we're gonna um and we all watched them in some way or another right brad yeah um, That's right. So, Kevin, thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you for having me, guys. Seriously, I really appreciate you setting this up, and I'm absolutely flattered to be here. Awesome. Thanks so much for um, taking the time, especially because I know you're stuck in, in the NYC still. So, you know, tell us a little bit about your introduction to fish and how you got into them and, and when your first show was. Well, I tell you, I mean, short and long of it was, I was telling RJ earlier that I was right there, you know, in 95, I was at the crossroads of, I was seeing a bunch of dead shows since 90. And 95 came across, and I was, st- I was in Memphis at the time, seeing a bunch of panic, because they were like the house band in the southeast. East, you know, <laughs> yeah. but then I went to six fourteen ninety five, Mud Island Amphitheater, and showed up, and that was my first fish experience. And obviously, the fish tweezer from six fourteen ninety five. Um, sure, I walked out of that place like, holy cow! <laughs> like, nice. I mean, I knew who fish was. We were listening to him in the dorm rooms and you know in and around we'd get in the car fish would yeah we were playing fish i walked out of mud island amphitheater six fourteen ninety five, and i was like hell yes i like what i'm hearing and then awesome. it just fucking rolled from there that was your first show you had a little bit of an introduction to him it sounds like but would you say that was your your it moment you know right away at that first show with the tweezer or that was it... not, nope that was not my it moment what, what it would you say it was my it moment was Big Cypress. Okay, sure. Went to Mud Island, right? I was so convinced. The next day, I went to Lakewood in Atlanta. Okay. Saw the Bowie, the famous Bowie. <laughs> 
and then I rolled from there, Walnut Creek. I just, I basically took mom and dad's money <laughs> and rolled through 95, seeing a shitload of fish. Awesome. And, um, but it was not, it wasn't until Big Cypress where I was like, hell yeah. I mean, it was like, I'll put it to you this way. I'm 40 years old. Big Cypress was the best weekend of my entire life. <laughs> That's pretty amazing, man. And I've heard <laughs> you're not the, I mean, you're not the first person down. I've heard say that. I saw some good dead runs, and I've seen fish, I don't even, 100 whatever many times since Big Cypress. But that weekend was incredible. It was absolutely spot on. And what's funny, people don't think about it, but that was like the first big festival. It wasn't a festival at the time, quote unquote. But it was, that was the launch of the festivals. And those guys that, uh, they're out of New Orleans. I can't think of what their name is, but they started doing a bunch of the festivals and everything. I mean, that was like the start of the start right there. Nice. And it, it's been great ever since. Like minimal lulls seeing fish ever since then. I, shit, I haven't had many since 61495, honestly. <laughs> Even when they were down, they're down. You know, I mean, I went through the O three, you know, yeah. the oxy or whatever. I hate using that word. Yeah, but it's, don't quote me on that. No, but it's true. Yeah, but it's true. But I tell you what, you know, another one of my favorite shows was Greensboro Coliseum, March first. Yeah, I, I was at that show too. Two thousand three. I was at that the show. Heat, was a good one. I mean, straight up. There you go. Straight in the middle of the oxy war. Mm-hmm. I mean. That show crushes. I mean, it was awesome. It was fun. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, people bitch, moan about, you know, this, that, and the other. But, <laughs> like, I find the, uh, I look for the silver lining in fish. And when they're up there on stage, there's always the silver lining. I mean, always. Yeah. Yeah, it's well, true. What was one of your favorite runs? Obviously, 95 really caught your eye and, and took you through, but did you see Fall 95? Did you see... One of my favorite runs, probably. Well, I'll throw a handful up there. You ready? <laughs> yeah. Fox Theater, 95. November of 95. Three nights. Huge. That was a fun freaking time because, mind you, at the same time, I was seeing Panic at New Year's at the Fox. Mm. Like, oh, okay. I, 97, 98, 99. So I snuck fish in there, but that run was absolutely stellar. Um, what else were I throw up there? Shit. I tell you what, uh, McNichols, two nights at McNichols, 97, or was that 98? Yeah, yeah 97. 97, yeah. Amazing. 97. I'd throw that up there. That was fantastic. That was like great two nights. I mean, awesome. Like if I had to pen it up there. And then, quite frankly, I would jump to 2013, 2012, 2013. Yep, Dicks nice. runs. Unreal. Literally, I would skip from there to hitting the Dicks runs. Um, oh, Dicks runs were awesome. But I will also say, oh, let me backtrack there. Winston-Salem, Hampton, Hampton, 98. Freaking, oh, that sure. was a fun run. That also was released on CD. And sugar daddy i mean that was that was fun mm-hmm. that, was, <laughs> that was a fun little extravaganza but no i would jump to uh indio california mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh no shit Eight. yeah that was fun that was fun but i tell you i don't think you can put 
I don't think you can describe what what they're doing in 2013. I saw it start to happen in 2012. Mm-hmm. I saw like 10 shows in 2012, okay? I'm guessing they're about somewhere around there. They were graduating. And when 2013 rolled around, it was like, hell yes. <laughs> and the whole thing is like, it, it's, it's amazing music, man. Yeah. Trey gets it. Paige gets it. They're all on the same page. You know, Trey's not trying to be cute. Um, you know, he's still... The whale call's still there, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it, it's just, it's freaking great stuff, man. 2013 is, I would say, that's where it's at, man. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, funny. Yeah. I mean, Brad and I, we've talked about that, and I think what yeah. we probably agree is, like, I go straight from, I mean, I don't think they've been playing. And I saw the whole, yeah. I don't think they played as well as they're playing now since, yeah, since 97 or maybe, maybe 98, but okay. it's unbelievable. Sure. Not even close. I mean, it's like night and day. Unreal. But we're, let's talk. A, we'll talk a little bit more about 2013. I guess first we wanted to just ask. You know, you you've been um, you have a lot of followers on Twitter, and you've been active in the the community for a while. And you you started. Um, I think you started the Fish Listening Party right a few years ago. Um, PTL. Yeah, yeah. With Bob. Barefoot yeah. Bob. Yeah. Tell Bob. Us. Yeah, yeah, we've talked yeah. about that before. Well, Kevin, tell us a little bit about how you started. You know, your getting involved with the fish community online, and and where you think I, it, it's going, and where you know where it's come to now, and where it's going. I'll give you the five second version. I joined Twitter, and I don't even know when. Oh, whenever it first came out, right? I had a random guy um, who followed me, direct message me, and the guy's name was Barefoot Bob. And ever since then, like, we exchanged phone numbers in that same DM back and forth. We were like, hey, let's start doing this listening party on Friday nights, you know. And he was married with two kids. So we had to do it so that, you know, like his kids were in bed. His wife was in bed, (laughs) you know. So... We started doing the PTLP on Friday night. We got the website, fishtlp.com, off GoDaddy. And, uh, yeah, him and I started doing the uh, PTLP. And next thing you know, like, there's a shitload of people taking part in it. And it was, it was a blast. We did it for, well, and then he called me that summer. He had told me about he had a growth on his tongue that he was worried about. It was starting to affect him, like piss him off, like eating, chewing and whatnot. He called me and said, hey, I'm fine. I'm going to the doctor today to figure out what's up with you know this thing on my tongue. And then six months later, Barefoot Bob was dead and it was tragic. And yeah. I got to be very good friends with him. And I went to his funeral, it was awful. Man, he's a good guy, and a lot of people know Barefoot Bob. It's crazy. He was a good dude. Sorry not to get teary, but I miss that. Yeah, it's quite all right, man. It's 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 good to hear the story, and um, cancer sucks. Yeah, it's good to know we touch so many people. I have sort of kept on, but I have to give full credit to Fish Forum. Mm -hmm. Nate, Nate's the one who's kept it going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's good. I, he's good. I handed it. Over, I handed it over to Nate Fishform. 
Nice. And he's done a wonderful job. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. pretty awesome. He's a great guy and a good, you know, really good member of the community as well. He's great, and he's from he's from Ohio, you know. So that's why yeah. you know that he's Ohio, he's a good man, correct. and he's a good yeah. he's an Ohio State graduate, like all great Americans. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I spent I spent the whole uh, New Year's Eve run with basically Nate. Love so Nate. That's great. Awesome. Some, pe- some people say, and I can't wait till Nate hears this, but. Some people say that Nate is my doppelganger. Wow. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I can see. It. You guys both have pretty awesome beards. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, I'm just kidding. You know, it's kind of funny. But, yeah, it is funny. Yeah. Um, well, but Nate, Nate is the one, though, to clarify. He's the one who rejuvenated the fish listening party. Yep. Yeah, and he's done a great job, and it's really, really fun. I try to take part in it when I'm at work or yeah. whatever, you know. It's really but fun. also, my when Bob and I started the fish listening party, it was pre-Jeff Wayne fish tracks, okay? Oh, yeah. so, good point. Yes. Jeff Wayne was not in the picture, okay? He had not made it out of his basement yet. Yeah, and I hope he hears this, too. <laughs> Uh, so I was uploading shows. You know, we were using uh, Ustream. So I would find the best recording of whatever show it was. Bob and I would go through and figure out the best fucking FOB, whatever it was. And we would upload it and play it through Ustream so that everybody nice. was on key. What do you think about the community where it is now? I mean, there's. I think there's probably more people talking about writing about tweeting about fish than probably ever before do you think it's a you know good thing for for the music and for the community and for all of us what's your sort of philosophy on it my attitude is i think it's fantastic but at the same time you definitely have to filter through the worthiness and the non-worthiness like my point being there's a bunch of freaking people jumping on this bandwagon via social media. You know, tw- like I get followers all that. You know, sometimes I'm like, who the hell are you, trolls? You know, right, yada, right. yada, yada. You know, if you filter through the legitimate people, legitimate people, which I mean, like wax banks, mm-hmm. you know, fan arts, um, Tweet a reprise, Andy, Carey. I mean, guys like that, mm-hmm. I mean, they're legit. You know, yes, they're good people. But there's the flip side. There's definitely the naysayers, the people yeah. that are just looking to, you know, get under your skin, looking to argue, and really have no resume to argue with you you know, so to speak. We're not saying my resume is like the best, but bottom line, if you're going to argue with me, you know, at least <laughs> right. have some credibility. I guess, so backing up to your question, it's a dicey game nowadays. You just have to make sure that, uh, for me, I mean, I make sure that I'm paying attention to the right people, I guess. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Good. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And, Brad and I, you know, we've been we've been seeing shows since '95, also, and you know, we I think you know I feel like we we feel like we have some um, we I, I share what you're saying and agree with Absolutely. you because I don't want yeah, 
I don't want like I don't want to argue with an 18 year old about like you know 2013 fish. No. Right. 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 No. I, I apologize I to any 18 year old 18 year old fans <laughs> listening. But don't apologize. Just say it. I mean, it is what it is. But I will also say though to you two guys that just because you've been seeing shows since 1995 doesn't make you an aficionado on fish. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nice. I totally mean that. I yeah. mean, I, I believe that. I, you know, there's a lot of people who, you know, have been seeing fish for a long time who, in my opinion, and I'm not going to name names right here, I'm not going to use this audience to, you know, toss names out there, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of those people who have been seeing shit. There's a lot of people who've been seeing fish since freaking '86. Who, honestly, I think their opinion sucks. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You know. So yeah. I just have to. There's certain people I respect. Certain people who do their homework. Certain people who get it, quote unquote. And those are the people that I choose to pay attention to. I guess yes. in this day and age of social media it is also harder though to try to to uh weed those people out i think nowadays maybe um in of that course. right there's yeah twitter they can hide behind things you don't you don't get to really know people like you know before twitter you'd get to know people going from show to show or trading tapes or um you know through a friend and there's more legitimate uh, vetting process maybe i don't know so that, I, I, I totally that's get a fair it. statement nowadays most of the people, like, for instance, uh, this past New Year's run, like, I've met a ton of people in real life that follow me on Twitter, okay? And those that I haven't met, you know, I eventually do meet. And, like, New Year's Eve this year, uh, I had never, I'll tell you a quick example. I had never met Tom Marshall until this New Year's Eve gig. Oh, wow. And I, I finally met Tom Marshall. Awesome. So, That's great. You know, it kind, of, it kind of works itself out that, like, the people that you pay attention to, if they give a shit about you and you give a shit about them, you're going to end up meeting them eventually. Yeah, pretty true. much. Good point. If you're getting off your couch and going to see fish. You know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which leads me to the next question. You've got that hat, right? The, is it like a hashtag couch tour? Is that right? Oh, yeah. Hashtag couch tour. Yeah, most, that's how most people recognize me, actually. <laughs> that's really funny. Um, I just it's remember seeing the picture. Hat. I had one hat made. Let's jump into uh, last weekend's or, you know, the last shows that were played, which was about a week ago now, um, at MSG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, hit, you hit all four shows. What, um, you know, how'd you feel it started? How'd you feel it ended? Like, where were you in the middle? You know, kind of give us your, your thumbnail sketch of, of the whole four days. I thought from, um, from the green light to the stoplight, from night one to night four, I thought it was fantastic. Well thought yeah. out. The guys had obviously done, you know, their homework. I mean, the guys being the band and their crew and their people. Um, I thought it was smooth as silk. I thought it was fantastic. 
I love yeah. it. I mean, no yeah. two ways about it. I mean, I didn't yeah. think there was a whole lot to bitch about, I guess. No. What about, you know, it, there was a lot of lot of chatter about no no covers, but of course, obviously, the band didn't say anything about it, but I thought that was really a statement by the band. We're going to play, oh. right? We're going to play four nights in a row on our 30th anniversary, and we're not going to play a, another goddamn song from anyone else, right? I mean, uh, yep. to me, you know, of course, you know, there's arguments yep. about who wrote what. And they but, pulled it off. Yeah, it, it was all amazing. I, you could argue all the Right, right. Yeah, they what? they totally pulled it off. We're talking how many sets is that, RJ? Nine sets, right? Is that right? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Zero cover. How cool is that? Pretty insane. It was that's a... pretty freaking cool. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you guys rock is pretty much the way I looked at it. <laughs> I, went to, I went to um. I only saw twelve twenty nine, but I think um. I watched the others, and Brad, I think, watched all of them, right, Brad? Yeah, I did, unfortunately. I mean, the 1229 show, I was um, I w- was lucky enough, and my friend had a box had box seats, and we, we got in all, you know, 10 tw- or 12 of the people we were with, and it was, um, it was like, it was the most rocking box I've ever been a part of, and <laughs> it was, it was the show, like, I almost, like, flipped over the railing, like, five times, I was just, like, raging, right. was, you know, it they're right. so good, dude. They're so good. They're so good right now. And something as simple as like walls of the cave never oh, disappoint. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, then okay, you close that first set out with walls. Kick out set two. You knew that that disease was coming at some point. You know, yeah, whatever yeah. It happened to be twelve twenty nine. And yeah. I remember, was that when there? There was something weird there. Because it took a while for them to actually go into the down with disease. Yeah, it was a little like ambient. It, like, like, it was weird. Right. And I was just outside the, uh, I was down on 4GA West. And I remember looking at, I think, Allie Dice. Hey, Allie. <laughs> made it the podcast. But, uh, but I remember looking at like, hell yeah. Okay. Right. This is about to get ugly. And then that DWD in the Carini, that was solid. Me and then the Waze. Yeah, and then a Waze. I mean, God love them. Yeah. Man, that, the, but the, here's the thing. The, the Down With Disease was really cool. I thought it was just great. But then that Carini, I think, is like one of the best Carinis ever. I, it, you know, just from my couch or whatever. God, it was like the, the emotion. It was intense. It was like deep and dark. Yep. Well, I couldn't get enough of it. As we said at the beginning, we're gonna play. We're gonna actually play three full songs um, with jams that we love from from this run, and then we're gonna play the full set of set two from twelve thirty one as well. Um, Kevin, you were you were there, and I was. Brad and I were watching from home, and it was really um, awesome to to watch the set two get set up and at set break, and you know it was all, it was a great set, and we're gonna listen to it and break it down. But can you just sort of set the scene for us? Um, what it was like, you know, at once sent what ended and people started realizing what was going on. Can you talk a little bit about what that was like and where you were I, and stuff? I was like right there at the front of the bus. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I was right down there. I was, uh, minor, Mr. Minor was down there. Um, I was with Allie Dice again, another shout out, but minor Allie Dice. Yeah, we were all right there. Like, 
at the front of the freaking bus. When I saw that come rolling out, I was like, okay, this is cool. Now, I will tell you, here's the weird part about the whole thing, in my opinion. I spent three nights, okay, four nights, walking into floor GA West on that left side, on the paid side, right? I walk into the gym set, okay, and who's facing me? It was not Trey. It was Mike. The way they flipped the top of that bus, they totally whirlwinded, and it was a completely different setup, obviously, but Mike was facing us Trey people and Paige people. He was facing that, like, if you walked in on that left side for GA West, you typically were looking right at Trey. You know, Paige was over there, but... But it was a it was a tray section. Sure. But on that jam set, you walk in, fucking Gordon is sitting there looking at you, just <laughs> lumping away. Which awesome. I thought was very, very, very interesting. It was intuitive, it was it was a complete flip. Alright, so let's let's get right into the music then. To start we're gonna play the chalk dust and the ghost from 12.30. We'll listen to that right now. But before we do that, we'll also, um, as always, ask you guys to review us on iTunes. Give us a shout-out there. Uh, it helps us out a lot. And um, hit us up on Twitter or email. Our Twitter is H- at HFPod, and our email is helpingfriendlypodcast at gmail.com. Um, we're here with Kevin, and uh, we'll hit you on the backside of this chalk dust from 12.30.13. Oh, my God. 
right, so you just heard the Chalk Dust Torture from 1230, um, Pretty Sweet Jam. Um, we're going to break it down a little bit. Kevin, You, um, this was your your sort of first choice when we were talking about songs to play from the run. Um, we, Brad and I watched it on the television, but we, you were there. Tell us a little bit about um, how awesome this was and, and some highlights for you. I tell you what, bottom line, fantastic. And the minute 520 mark came around, I was freaking sold because... Trey officially announced to the fish world that the whale call is still in his arsenal. Okay. Yes. He got his new little Christmas toy, you know, that thing. I don't even know what it's called. But he was, you know, doing dials over there on the right. It was like a little side table or something weird, whatever. Yeah. And Mike Ahmad, actually could probably tell us what that little extravaganza was, whatever that toy. Mm-hmm. But the 520 mark in the chalk dust told me, like, hell yeah. I don't give a shit about toys. You know, I've got new... Of course, I have a new thing, obviously, to my right. This is Trey talking. But guess what? <laughs> Y'all make fun of me. And it's my go-to crutch, the whale. But guess what? I don't give a shit. Here's my middle finger, and it's a freaking great move. And whale will never die. I'm really good at it. To me, that chocolate torture at 520, I love the whale. I'm a big whale fan. I would rather have a whale than a loop. Especially in a tweezer, let alone a chalk dust. Well, yeah, I think it it works. I mean... It totally works. And he worked it. And that chalk dust torture was his whale call of the four days. I was listening to it earlier, and I took notes. And without us talking, Kevin, I had the same thing written down. I mean, I'm sure you had the same thoughts, Brad, but the, the whale... Um, ish, you know, sort of pedal like the the whole jam from five to eight minutes in there. It's yep. like this really. It reminds me of the Camden '99 right. Chalk Dust. It's got this like it's a nice build, you know. The, it's Thought. he's using it in a very thoughtful way, I think. Right? Oh, absolutely. It's very, very. It, I mean, it's clean. I mean, it's just. It's like yes, and it's sort of a discreet whale when he starts it out, actually. But it's clearly, totally. Well, one hundred percent Trey Whale Call. That's what I was gonna say. I was gonna uh, mention that it's it's like completely different from the Bangor show, the first show of two thousand thirteen, right? When people were right. like, Oh god, listen to this whale call, it's like nothing but but you know, it's the first show of two thousand thirteen. I felt like they were just, you know, getting their sea legs or whatever you want to say. Mm-hmm. Um and, and here at the back end of two thousand thirteen, he's like you remember when you were bitching about this? <laughs> but I will say, here, I nice will have to say, though, and I'll throw this out there, and not change, not change the subject, but the best whale call of 3.0, as people like to call, you know, whatever, one, 3.0 is the tweezer from Charlotte 2012. Mm-hmm. Look that one up. He's calling them in from the sea. Nags Head. They're in Charlotte, right? <laughs> We're talking Outer Banks. That's the whale call of the century. But that 
chalk dust from the other night, flat out at that 520 mark. I mean, Trey is like, yep, let's get this going. That's and awesome. he crushed it, I thought. I thought so yeah. too, Brad. We, I mean, I th- the the thing is, so then, so five point the the five to eight minute sort of mark. What you're talking about, um, Kevin? Right. You know, there's another eleven. And then minutes. he had a break that at twelve fifteen. It started to break down. Yeah, and right, really awesome. And that was like, man, a really nice breakdown. And right. there was like a little ambient jam in there. Um, you then know, they didn't finish the song. They yeah. didn't finish it. Just, Mm-mm. Yeah, it that's, went that's into breakdown at like the twelve minute mark, and then done. It went into just weirdness, and then they they did not finish chalk dust. I don't know about you guys, but even when they started this in the second set, like when this when this opened the set, I was thinking like, oh yeah, this is like it reminded me of watching the Dicks set on webcast, and like this is yep. going somewhere, yep. you know, mm-hmm. and right. And really, I mean, too, you know, almost twenty minutes, and like you said, not as out there as the dicks chucked us, but like, but wow, what a what a what a highlight! And we're um, awesome. What was the crowd like? Um, it was awesome. Crowd was raging. Absolutely. I mean, it was like flat out, like, yeah, mm-hmm. we're here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The next thing we're gonna listen to is the the ghost from twelve thirty, which um, Kevin's gonna talk about afterwards. Um, so we're just gonna play that now. We'll, we'll talk to you guys in a few. Awesome.
that was the ghost, the 1230 ghost. Great right. ghost from the night before New Year's Eve. Um, I thought it was well-placed. I thought it was groovy. I thought it was great. And, Kevin, I know you've got some, some points you wanted to share about it. I thought it was basically the vacuum-packed ghost of mm-hmm. the century, pretty much. I mean, you're only <laughs> talking, what was it, nine minutes, ten minutes, maybe? Yeah, yeah. What was it? I don't even know what it was. But yeah, nine, it's nine, the 417 mark. Yep. Nine minutes. Okay. Trey. 417 mark freaking crushes blatant I love Santana Trey is like sitting there saying I love Carlos Santana and that 417 mark is the Oyo Komovo launch I mean it's awesome freaking awesome and it goes from there and that's basically where that that ghost carries through the whole and it's subtle it i mean it's blatant then but then it becomes more subtle but it is a total ghost santana you know right feel. the whole i mean the tune is based on oyo como va i'm telling you yeah Mark my words chalk it up i'll be a dick about this one <laughs> <laughs> well it, it, it reminded me of a lot of the <laughs> 2013 ghosts in that you know the a lot most of the ghosts this year haven't been super long but when they play it they make it count and there's really no wasted it, notes at it's all power, you know? it's power punch but though a lot of the 2013 ghosts don't have a they don't have a i don't want to say they don't have a direction but they don't have a central there's theme. not a theme there's yeah. zero thing yep fair this ghost Totally is a Santana hands down. No two ways about it. I will argue argue that till the day I die. Well, <laughs> I'd like to point out that beforehand they played Devotion to a Dream, right? They went Chalk Dust, Mike's Devotion well, to a right. Dream. Every, oh, a lot of people hate it. Oh man, were people like, were saying the Devotion whatever. to a Dream like killed it, but no, man, yeah, I, I thought it was. I, thought it was, yeah. what I got news for you. Trey's little jump along solo and devotion right. to a dream. I oh, love man. Sign so me up. I yep. But there could have been a better placement for it. I will agree. Nate, fish form, I agree. Could have yeah. been a better placement. It's fair, but come on. This <laughs> I is, was arguing with him. Yeah. I mean, it worked, you know? I mean, there's yep. always a better... But there's, well, no, that's not true. There's not always a better placement, but... Well, but you can sometimes. You can always argue, you know... I mean, whatever. You got It's fish, man. They do, they're going to do whatever they want. When I was on the floor for... I was GA West, like, all four nights. And when that ghost started, I looked around. That whole entire place was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, here we go? Yep, here we go. Yeah. Nice. Like, and they went, and it was that was a great moment, actually. Yeah, and that's and Very here's the thing moment. too. You can bitch about devotion to a dream beforehand, but the week of pog was affected by the ghosts, too, right? The week of pog that came out of it because I, I thought it was like it, awesome. and yeah, it was really yeah, good, but yeah. it started slow. Yeah, and then I think there was a simple out of that, which was cool. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Which, it was a ten minute simple that didn't have a lot of fluff. But it was a good simple. 
So now, next thing we're going to do, we're going to hop right into set two of New Year's Eve 1231, the Jemp truck set. Um, we're going to play that real quick, and then we're going to talk about it. Sweet.
the seeds I start to run. It was the loudest thing I ever heard. And my time I
sweat that glistened on his brow. His tired feet were buried in the quagmire. And his bloodshot eyes saw all that lay between him and fulfillment of his vow. To a sea green mossy boulder, and he dragged his weary shit ass up the mountain.
What is a city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts. Stop her. 
At the bottom of the tub, picked up the jar and took the top and pushed it, drop it to the water. A little spill of last mix, some coffee grounds and mud, and then she stood it with a label that her grandmother had bought. The real pile of melted wax, a four foot and a hook. Apple cold, worms galore, can of salt corrosive. Coconuts and chloroform, some liquor and some corn. Toxic waste, a purple day, she hoped was not explosive. We would do a little for a taste of her creation And she knew that what she made would be the finest thing in the nation Bag it, tag it, sell it to the witch with the store Bag it, tag it, sell it to the witch with the store Bag it, tag it, sell it to the witch with the store
I've got a message. Do you have a message, Mike? Yes. Mike said yes. So we said, let's start a band. So we can get the message across. Now the thing is, some of you aren't getting the message.
<laughs> you know, in all seriousness, we used to play that song every Monday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, down at Nectar's in back, our little hometown. And I did not think, hey, someday I'll be playing that at Madison Square Garden. Never cross my mind. Did you think that? I actually thought that we would be playing it right here tonight, 30 years later. I had a, I had a premonition on that Nectar stage, at the Nectar's and on the Nectar stage, during the Nectar stage of our career, that we would be playing this here tonight. That's, that's the kind of amazing and we would, thing. And we, we would stop playing it if everybody really read the book. So maybe you don't want to read the book if you like this. Yeah. <laughs> 
so Kevin, the set two from from New Year's Eve, twelve thirty one. Um, we talked a little bit about it, but I'm just going to read through the set list of what we just heard, and then we can talk talk through the music. It started with Glide, then Llama, Colonel Forbins and the Mockingbird, Fuck Your Face, Reba, Iculus, the Lizards into Split Open and Melt. Um, so you were oh, you were man. down there, and you talked about the <laughs> your view and where you were with regard to the truck and all that, but. T- tell us, tell us yep. a little bit about what it was like when you know when they started, they came out and then they opened with Glide and what was the crowd like? What was what was your take on the, you know, Glide and, and the Llama? Crowd was rocking, and if I remember correctly, I know I was with Ali Dice and um, Minor was right behind me too. Mm-hmm. But I thought my whole entire assumption or like take back takeaway of that whole set was that I thought it was weird that Mike was, the way they flipped the stage, I know I mentioned this earlier, but where Mike's facing us now, okay, like he was totally thumping, I mean, that was cool, (laughs) like, you know, I was not on Mike's side the whole weekend, all of a sudden, I walk into my normal you know, arena, and I'm on Mike's side, <laughs> basically. <laughs> right. Hence the gem set. Yeah. The way they flipped that stage, I thought was brilliant. I thought it was freaking absolute brilliance. And then... Um, so are you... I mean, do you usually set, try to stay on one side or the other, or do you just... This is just your tickets? I'm, I'm a mover. I'm a mover. I'm a shaker. Yeah. <laughs> That's I'm right. Typically on Mike's side. But that weekend, though, I was coming in on the left side. I was coming in on Paige's side, just the way the tickets worked, where they shuffled me, whatever. And for me to get over to Mike's side, it was like, yeah, I just never did it. I'm lazy, I guess. But but then, though, to close it out with the split open and melt, I thought was fucking brilliant. We knew it was coming we knew the split open and melt was somewhere. Yep. I I told my wife. I told my my wife and I watched twelve thirty one, and I told I called the split open and melt like almost every time there was a break. I was like first set like yeah I was for sure. I thought I was going to close the first set, and then once you know once the end of the second set, you knew it was coming at right. some point. Mm-hmm. And right. pretty good. Yeah. Like they didn't they didn't get too far out there with with uh, no, 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 no. with it, but it was no. good. They did that whole set too was not like that crazy. Mm-hmm. But I, I tell you one thing that I did think was cool was that they snuck a Reba in there. Yep. Which was pretty yeah, freaking cool. Yeah, how did you like longest, that one? Yeah, longest. Longest. I thought that was nice. Susie Drano. Mm hmm. Susie Drano liked that. By yeah, the way. How did you like that Reba, Brad? Brad and I talk about Reba a lot. Um, and actually, before, Brad, I know I asked you a question, but before I finish asking it i will remember that last week or two weeks ago we talked about twelve thirty one ninety three, um yep. and the reba from that show and this is 20 years later to the day you know another yeah. new year's show and right. they play a reba um what did you what i tell you what i figured out that jimp okay jimp records okay mm-hmm. the jimp set mm-hmm. which we're talking about right now mm-hmm. but jimp records was founded in 2005, I believe, okay? 
You know the first record they released? Jump Records, which yeah. is owned by the, you know, the guys. Right. Mm-hmm. The first record they released was 123195. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Pretty fucking cool. With another so, amazing Reba. Yep. Another, but bottom line is, it's just more irony and more thought process that these guys, they don't sit around and jerk one another off. I mean, they're thinking about stuff, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that, to me, the fact that they roll out there with a jump truck, okay, and the history of the, you know, the first jump record released was 1231.95 from MSG, which is the first night they ever sold out at MSG. Nice. I think it's the first night they played MSG, I think. Is that right? They did play yeah. the night before New Year's in '94, but yeah. this was only yeah. their second show there, right? Um, okay, pretty, there you go. Pretty amazing. Yeah, correct us, but I'm just saying, there's a lot of subtle irony in the jet truck there. Well, you know. Well, let's let's talk a little bit. And actually, sorry, before we go there, so Brad, do you what what was your take on this Reba? Because I I, I want to talk more about the subtle the subtle yeah. irony. I, you know, here's the thing. I, I think you and I talked about it, or some somebody. Um, you know, I was glad when when the third set came around, they'd get back to like their rigs and their whole up to date what they're used to using. Yeah. Uh, equipment, um, because I I liked. I mean, don't get me wrong. The 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 nostalgia, the the history, everything about the second set was really awesome. I and mean, I was on the edge of my seat, not my feet, actually. You know, in my living room, which is weird when you're by yourself, but. Um, <laughs> It's really, it was really awesome and, and, and really fun. Um, but so that being said, I thought the Reba was just that. It's kind of an old school Reba. I thought it was beautiful, but it didn't have that like beautiful, beautiful peak um, into into I what call it the analog Reba. Analog yeah. Reba, yeah, yeah. So you know, it was it was good. And, I love them, um, and and I thought actually I thought the whole set itself was was better than just like one Reba. You know what I mean? Like all the songs together really. If you think about it, what an old school set. We've we've played 93 shows, we've played earlier shows mm-hmm. on the on the podcast and I mean this is an old school set with a llama at the beginning, you know, totally. or Forbin's Mockingbird. Um yeah. you know, Lizard. People were crying during <laughs> that's so Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Literally. There yeah, were yeah. kids next to me crying. I believe it, man. I believe mm-hmm. it. I was crying. During the Mockingbird. Yeah, it was really awesome. I, and we, man, I the fir- for the first three songs, I was like cycling through in my head. I was like, so are they playing like an old show? Because once the like the Glide, I'm like, okay, so when's the first time I play Glide? And then Llama, and I'm like trying to put the song. And I was like, okay, they're just playing awesome songs. Um, yeah, right. And so, Kevin, a minute ago you said, you know, they, they're always thinking about something. Um Let's talk about the Iculus a little bit and the the message. Um, you know, is I mean, my I have a I have an opinion on you know whether there's, no there's a message. Do you think there's a message, Kevin? No, none. What do you, do you think that was just part of the Iculus sort of you know narration and there wasn't there wasn't anything I, behind that? I just think there's no message. I mean, there's zero message. I mean, they did their yeah no no message. That's the answer to your question. Brad, Brad do you think there's no. a message? Yeah. So they did what the fuck? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, I I think RJ, I think this is this is no. from your note on the sheet. But when you, when you combine it with the the summer harpua, they're either really really um, in tune and just kind of continually making fun of us and making fun of themselves, yeah. you know. Yeah. Or or they're just like, here's what we think of of everyone, and this is you know exactly. Take it for what it's worth. It's it's all the above. Mm-hmm. There's no message though. Yes. But it's all the above. They they get that we listen. We Every get fart. We get that they're listening to us. Mm-hmm. But there's no message. Which there's is no really message. cool, right? It's really Which cool that they, they're they're yeah. so fantastic. in tune, so in tune with like social oh. media, and they're so in tune with like. Yeah, they're absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, they okay. So I don't. My I, answer though to that yeah. is there's no method. See, I, I had a two, I had a different interpretation, and only because I was combining it with thinking about Harpua in the right way and all that. I mean, to me, I mean, it's a simple message, and it's something we've already said. But I think the message is we we we're gonna do what we're gonna do, and it's gonna be awesome like that. Okay. That, and that's fair. That's fair to say. That would be a message, but I don't call that a message. Yeah, yeah. And we both work in we both work in communication, no, I mean, so we have a we have we have our knowledge of this terminology, right, Kevin? Right. Totally. <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. And also, what about? I mean, do you guys think that the you know the the message or non-message, just you know the, the we're going to do what what we want, is tied into the no covers thing, or um, or is that? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, what do you think of tell us a little bit about how you think that that those things work together, Kevin? My opinion is they have acknowledged, okay, that bottom line they <laughs> I think it's the whole fish menu, okay? And fish says, okay, you know, when they were walking up to MSG pre-four shows, right? It's like, you know what? We really don't have to play a cover. We can get away with four nights of non-covers, you know? So that's our way of... It's kind of a self-grandiose thing, sort of. But, you know, we don't have to play a cover in four nights mm-hmm. of MSC, which is how many sets did we say it was? Nine? Yeah. Yeah. That's nine sets, right? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And they freaking did it. So, like, I don't know what message people are looking for, you know, or whatever. You can take set two from 1231. There's no message. It's part of you know, game hens, but it's not game hens. I mean, it's freaking stupid. You know, they basically are up there saying, hey, guess what? We fucking rule <laughs> nowadays. <Yep. laughs> we command, we've sold out MSG four nights. We can do whatever the hell we want to do, and there's no message. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. None. Well, Zero. And, I mean, None. doing what we want to do, and and you know the right way and all that. I mean, it was interesting. Just oh. think, and go back to the the Chicago or the Chicago Harpua thing. I thought Harpoo. that was like I was there. I was you were there. there. Okay, I thought it was. It's a little like um, 
I'm a, I'm a little, um, it was a little weird. I thought that they like went to that extent. A little like, weird, but they had that whole thing, right? But here's the thing. Okay. So now we're jumping back to Chicago. Okay. Mm-hmm. I thought that whole thing was a train wreck, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but the whole weather part didn't have any, like right. it didn't help it. Mm-hmm. Okay. But the fact that they, um, the fact that they went back and realized, okay, we did uh, PMC, you know, all these. I mean, weather was not freaking on their side that whole summer yeah. tour. I was at Jones so Beach, then, dude. That was, it so, was, yeah. that was the worst. So we'll treat the Chicago crowd with a harpua, okay, which Gordon set up the night before with Canner. I think Canner was. Dan can't at Dan Canner. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Call me. I would love to actually talk more about this. And I know Dan. So anyway. Nice. But the whole um yeah, that was just a weird thing. And I think the Harpua thing was more of a sympathy card. Kind of Harpua. If you ask me. That's my opinion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Really? But okay. yeah. yeah. It was a sympathy card. I mean, here we were stuck out there. I mean, it was the awful weather. Were you guys there? No. No, 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 no. Chicago. Oh, okay. I was there. It was freaking pouring down rain. It was miserable. You know, and then they whip out this harpua. And I'm like, okay, this is funny. You know, whatever. <laughs> Right. And then had Second City come out there, and that was a fucking train wreck. Because they weren't on the same page. Second City had no fucking clue what was going on. They basically didn't even know who Fish was. They're like, okay, we'll get up there on stage, whatever, whatever. <laughs> you need to probably edit part of this out. Yeah, yeah, that's no, cool. No, it's fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, but, but <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. It was hilarious. It was hilarious. I'm sure, yeah. but. But it was a disaster. It was a disaster. <laughs> but the harpoon happened. Yeah. It happened. Go figure. But the the right way so, yeah. the anyway, right way I'm like done. the right way is a message though, right? I mean the the right way is like that was like they were going out of their way to, to make fun of us for trying to tell them what they do or what they should do or what right. they can do, right? So that was I agree with that. So that was pretty pretty interesting. I thought that they went to that um, went to that level, but maybe I don't know. Maybe not. Who the hell knows with fish, RJ? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, that's a great point. That's what's so great about. It. <laughs> <laughs> well, so stop fish. I think that was an awesome conversation about this about the Achilles and about the the you know it's a huge you know it's a huge quote unquote quote unquote controversy on the internet you know um so it's interesting to talk about um the the lizards so you mentioned they split open and melt they the close with they played lizards before that and then into split open i love the lizards i think it was a good placement it seemed like the crowd was super happy to to hear it um in that kind of an intimate oh set. yeah that was the second set from 1231, and we wanted to play one more song, The Light, from the third set from 1231.
light from the third set from twelve thirty one. You know, RJ, what were your what were your initial takeaways when you when you were watching it? Um, I mean, you know, it was this is clearly a song that they love playing, right? Right. Yep. I mean, and I think maybe it started with Trey loving it, but you know, they they fucking love playing this song. Um, a lot mm-hmm. of different jams that they kind of cycle through. What was your take on this light? The fucking light was. I thought honestly. It took me out of that arena. I thought it was the absolute highlight of the four nights. Take the chalk dust, gem set, whatever. I thought this light, especially Fuego into the light, Mm -hmm. I thought it was freaking money. Yeah. I found a crust. I don't know if it's Dick's Light, you know, yet. I haven't listened to it enough, but mm-hmm. this was a great light. Bottom line. Nice. I totally agree, and I think the fact that they played it in this third set, you know what I mean, after after New Year's, they played Fuego, they played Light, two songs that I think are really important to them. It was awesome. Right? I mean, yeah. They awesome. played them really well. It was fucking awesome. It crushed. What was the what was the crowd like during light? I mean, I guess this is sort of a silly question because they're all the crowd's always raging. But I say exactly, balloons were coming down. I'm stepping on them, trying to get to the front. Couldn't even get to the front because I'm like mouncing through balloons. I mean, and confetti. There were confetti piles like left and right. Like it was like a freaking has to get to the front of the stage, all right? And, um, but I finally made it to the front of the stage, and I sat there and watched Trey during this light. I was right there in front. Like, this this probably was the most dead center moment of the four nights that I ever had, or that I had this four nights. And Trey crushing it. Yeah, I mean, just awesome. I mean, good shit going on right here. And he loves, you know, they love playing the song. I mean, that's like yeah, they do. They, yeah, they the, do. People hated on it at the beginning, but then I think no. whatever. Fuck those people. Yeah, those people suck. <laughs> <laughs> those are the eighteen-year-olds that we've been talking about. Yeah, that guy's a yeah. fucking asshole. <laughs> no. Um, but they go through. They start with there's like yeah. a there's a real up. They, I feel like a lot of lights like go into this like uplifting sort of jam, you know, the bliss mm-hmm. jam, and then right. then it gets funky, right. and then you know, then it gets sort yep. of ambient. Um, but yep. there's, there's a lot going yep. on there, um, and then they fa- going on. fade into twenty years later. But the um, I like the bliss, the blissful sort of jams. You know, it seemed to last hey, for a while bro. here. I totally agree. <laughs> and and Brad, ambient you know, bliss. Yeah. <laughs> and Brad, you you yeah, watched was, you watched yeah. the webcast. I mean, you yep. you saw, and I think you know the the we saw the the balloons, and this is I think when that dude was coming out and popping a bunch of them on stage. But yeah, um, yeah, when they were just but, popping up, there, I'm telling you, what's that? There were more balloons and confetti down there on that yeah. floor. It was crazy. You could not even pop enough of them. That actually, it was like yeah. 
Show. Now that you mention it, it actually rem- reminded me at the time, which I've forgotten until now, that, that during the Fuego, I think they were kind of a little like thrown off during Fuego yeah. because there were so many huge fucking balloons like coming at their faces, and they had right. to like they had to move. They had to fishmen had them fucking you know on the drum set, and I was like, yeah. you guys like didn't uh, didn't you yeah. guys have a meeting where you were like, all right, if we drop one million balloons from the ceiling, will that exactly. affect anything? And the room, you know, they're like, who cares? Let's do it. It sounds awesome. It's funny you say that because I'm telling you, some of those balloons were like bigger than me. I mean, (laughs) seriously. Yeah, they were huge. Like, I'm not like the skinniest guy in the world. (laughs) They were huge. And like, and I don't smoke cigarettes, okay? So I didn't have like a lighter you know, the fucking Mm -hmm, pop mm -hmm, balloons. So I'm mad. I'm making my way through the confetti and the balloons, you know, without a cigarette, okay, for starters. Yeah, just pop these balloons. <laughs> Shit, I started looking around. I'm like, dude, somebody help me. Freaking, let's start navigating that. Let's, yes. I'm lost. But you got this up should there. be the Titanic. You know, let's freaking light this shit up. Like, right. get it out of here. But it wasn't happening. And you got but you got all the way to the front, which is, sounds pretty... Oh, yeah. Pretty Finally, I made my way to the front. But I'm telling you, it was like a freaking process. <laughs> That's good, though. It was distractions process. for others. Right. All the elbow swinging were distracted. Um, so, uh, Kevin, at the end of these, we always uh, go go through... Um, we don't, uh, let me do that over. So, Kevin, at the end of these, we uh, always wrap up by kind of talking about who we thought was the, the MVP uh, from the show. But since we played just a couple songs and then the uh, full set from 1231, why don't we talk about who we think is the MVP from MSG generally? So the MSG MVP, Kevin, for you is whom? Band member? I don't even know. They all were. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. I mean, I don't, I can't, yeah, I can't say that one was better than the other. They literally, they, and you know what, though? That sums up my whole point of 2013. They are all on the same page. Every <laughs> one of them. Every one of them. Is like Voltron. Totally, totally dialed in. Whoever gets, I mean, they're just, every one of them. Is MVP. Nice. They're dialed in. Fishman was money when he needed to be. Mm-hmm. Page when he needed to be. Fucking Gordon, of course. I mean, right. he fluffs when he needs a fluff. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Just like RJ. I didn't mean. I didn't mean that <laughs> thing. No, but man. I mean, and Trey crushes. I mean, yeah. I would say that in, that sums up 2013. Mm-hmm. They nice. are all MVPs. And I can tell you that if you go to 2003, we could backtrack. There's definitive, you know, Trey's the MVP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Fishman's the MVP. Mm-hmm. 2013, every single one of those motherfuckers are the MVP. Nice. They are back on the same page. Good, and man. It is so great to hear it, like, freaking t- 
touches me like nothing. I love it. That's awesome. I'm glad. They're I'm glad totally you're dialed in. Totally dialed in. Dude, that's a great. So comment. that's my answer, I guess. Fair enough. Yeah, I think it's a good okay. answer, and I'm glad you could share it with us. And um, I think it kind of sums up the way RJ and I have been talking about awesome. 2013 too. Just really great awesome. bands, all on the same page, and all that kind of stuff. So, yep. but oh. for me, and I'm gonna jump in line, RJ, is that yeah. I think it was Trey, um, and I think because he has a lot of these like these like uh, erratic thoughts, you know what I mean? That he kind of, the, the band helps him put it together. And I'm sure there's, you know, the behind the scenes people who help him put it together too. But I think he comes up with, and, and this is just speculation. I think he comes up with a lot of this stuff and, um, uh, you know, kind of obviously directs the set list and where they go. And I don't think he's stuck out musically so totally, much, but I, I totally felt his hand and all that. that. Yeah. But totally rude that, but, I don't think Trey is near as erratic as he used to, which yeah, I think right. is making what mm-hmm. 2013 is. Yeah, he's totally less good. erratic. Yeah, in my opinion. Well, do you, I agree with both of you guys. Totally erratic. I think, um, and Brad, Brad and I talk about this a lot. And Kevin, you know, on this on this show, and you know, you you've done the, the listening party for a long time. You know, we we get it. We do a lot of early 90s we go from you know uh, 89 90 91 92 93 yep. basically through 95 and the story is every time that this is tr- it's trey raging um mm-hmm. you know and like it's not it's not how it is anymore and i like your call of the the full band mvp um because th- this entire run it seems to me was about the four of them and the music they make together right. and, and the 30 years that they've been doing it and that's you know, that that's the whole point, right? And that was the that was kind of the point of the jump set. It was like this is our um, I agree. celebration of us together. So sweet, yep, um, exactly. And, and you know, what's funny. The funny thing is, if you really want to put it down in a nutshell, this band and going back to the original point, this band would be nothing without Trey. Yeah. Obviously. But, you know, 12, the Fortnite run said to me that they are all back. They're buying what one another is selling. Yep. And they're in it. They're totally buying what one another is selling. Yep. Yeah, which that's a good point. That's a good way to put huge. it. Yep. Huge. Yeah, I'm, Huge. Not, I'm not sure that was the that was the that was the case in 2000, 2003, 2004, right? That was yeah, not was the case the... in two, that, that wasn't the case in 98 sometimes. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I mean, yeah. but in 2013, I'm telling you right now, after what I saw in four nights, they are buying what one another is selling. And that Good. to me freaking sold. Makes them awesome. Perfect. That's awesome. Makes them really good for sure, man. That's a really good way to put it. Um, Well, Kevin, I mean, this is love you guys. Yeah, thank you so (laughs) much for doing this and for um, bringing us a little bit of the MSG experience that that I was only able to have for one night. You were there all four nights, so that is um, really awesome to hear your take on it and for joining us. Um, Awesome. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Yeah, and and um, um, Kevin, I just want to give you know say thanks again. I know you're stuck in New York; it's probably a pain in the ass to get everything going, but um, we appreciate it. 
uh, it's fun to talk to somebody, especially when you've you've seen all four nights that I saw from my couch. So <laughs> I need to get me one of them couch tour hats. Um, <laughs> hey, I'll work that. Out. I can yeah. figure that out. Hit us up on our website, hfpod.blogspot.com. Our Twitter's hfpod, and our email's helping friendly podcast at gmail.com. Kevin's Twitter, which you guys probably all already know, is at uh, okdeadhead. So hit him up too. Uh, so again, thanks for tuning us in this week, downloading us, however you're listening. We, we appreciate rock. it. That's right. We <laughs> rock. Fish rocks. Everybody rock. Yes, thank you. All right, and thanks, thanks everyone for listening. As always, keep on rocking. I went to a garden party to reminisce with my old friends, a chance to share old memories and play our songs again. Got to the garden party They all knew my name No one recognized me I didn't look the same ACAST powers the world's best podcasts Here's a show that we recommend I'm Amara Jones Every day, the attacks on trans kids grow louder and more anti-trans bills keep moving through state legislatures. In this season of the Anti-Trans Hate Machine, we're going to illuminate how the right wing has fueled these bills by generating a breathtaking and wide-ranging disinformation campaign. It's spreading like wildfire on the internet. It's then being discussed by families and churches. None of this is an accident. It's a strategy to delegitimize trans people and create a world where existence is a question. Subscribe to season two of the Anti-Trans Hate Machine, a plot against equality, wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind, uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little little taste of it, right down to the shaky microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick, and usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work, but we talk about decidedly not-so-grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh revisiting classic material talking about the new classics um all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that that you either love want to love or hate yeah imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that that uh has impacted your life uh and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week so triangulate your speaker's Think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot, and listen to Axe for Grind podcast. Hi, this is Henry Kay, host of the number one music history podcast, Rootsland. Come with me on a journey to Kingston, Jamaica, where we explore the world of reggae music and the untold stories of some of the genre's greatest legends. From the ghettos and tenement yards where the music was born 
to the island's iconic recording studios. We are so excited to team up with Osiris Media, the leading storyteller in music. Because as you'll hear, sometimes the story is the best song.